This is Unfilter, episode 343 for January 8th, 2021. That's right, guys. That's the message. Friend or foe. Today, Republicans, you get to pick a side for the future of this party. Again, I suggest you choose wisely. This isn't their Republican Party anymore. This is Donald Trump's Republican Party. Hello, friend, and welcome into the People's History Podcast. And it really felt like we were in the middle of it this week. If you haven't yet had a chance, you might want to check out 342 of Unfilter before you listen to this one. My last episode, I captured the protest in D.C. as they were happening. It was a live stream event. And I think they're going to give you some good context. What actually happened during the day, I think, will be good context for today's episode. We are, though, without a doubt, in in a new era. And this isn't something I've really ever said on the show. You know, saying unprecedented times, that's so cliche. But it doesn't mean we shouldn't recognize when something has fundamentally shifted forever. And a sitting president has been silenced. We'll get into why. <laughs> but as it stands right now, The companies and the establishment that runs these companies and all of those people have silenced a sitting president. And I don't know how else you can look at it other than that makes them more powerful than the president of the USA. Welcome to 2021. So let's talk about how we got here, because for this step to have been taken, some real shit must have gone down. And I think to understand what went wrong, we have to start with January 6th. Just just at every Wednesday, we thought, Donald Trump was holding a Save America rally while Congress was undertaking the process of certifying the election. And before the actual rally even started, you could tell Team Trump they knew this might be their last stand. There was an energy to it. And um, I'll link to the entire live stream video if you like. But Don Jr. was in the tent before they go up on stage. I don't know, like on Periscope or something, you know, social media. And uh, besides seeming completely high (laughs) uh, and Trump just like oddly staring, just motionless for a while at at the display screens, uh, showing the crowds and whatnot, uh, you can tell at the end. Like, they have a let's go fight mentality. Don Jr. and his lady Kim say, do the right thing and fight. T-minus a couple of seconds here, guys. So uh, check it out. Tune in. Do live stream it. It's going to be good. Mark Meadows. An actual fighter. One of the few. A real fighter. Thank you, Mark. Kimberly. Yes, have the courage to do the right thing. Fight. Have the courage to do the right thing. 
fight, they say on the live stream right before the event kicks off. And then, you know, the music plays and the different people before Don come up and Rudy Giuliani happens to be one of them. And again, reiterates a really fundamental message to this really large crowd. To see one machine or one paper ballot. Now, if they ran such a clean election, why wouldn't they make all the machines available immediately? They always got to prove a false negative argument is never really that sound, but it it kind of comes across as like, yeah, good point. How come they're not proving that negative? If they ran such a clean election, they'd have you come in and look at the paper ballots. No, they wouldn't. Who hides evidence? Criminals hide evidence. Well, then show us the evidence, Rudy. Not honest people. So... Over the next 10 days, we get to see the machines that are crooked, the ballots that are fraudulent, and if we're wrong, we will be made fools of. How often do you see the personal attorney for the president of the United States up rallying like this for him? It's very odd. But if we're right, a lot of them will go to jail. So he says, if we're wrong, we'll look like fools. If we're right, a lot of them will go to jail. So I'll go back a little bit further. We will be made fools of. But if we're right, a lot of them will go to jail. So let's have trial by combat. What? What? Trial by combat. That's a dumb thing to say to a large group of people who are about to march down the street. I'm willing to stake, I'm willing to stake my reputation, the president is willing to stake his reputation on the fact that we're going to find criminality there. Yeah, well, you are staking your reputation on it, that's for sure. And of course, Don was up on stage, as you heard, getting them riled up. So to those Republicans, many of which may be voting on things in the coming hours. You have an opportunity today. You can be a hero or you can be a zero. And the choice is yours, but we are all watching. The whole world is watching, folks. Choose wisely. And uh, did you notice there that he used the Captain America slogan? (laughs) Or not Captain America, Captain Planet, be a hero, not a zero. Um, So he gets everybody riled up, says we got to fight for this thing. A lot of that same language. And then Trump comes out after the whole round of supporters. And he comes out and says, uh, you know, I'm going to be walking down to the Capitol with you. And after this, we're going to walk down and I'll be there with you. We're going to walk down. We're going to walk down. Anyone you want, but I think right here, we're going to walk down to the Capitol. And we're going to cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women. And we're probably not going to be cheering so much for some of them. Because you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength and you have to be strong. It's an it's an interesting way to say it without coming right out and saying it. 
And then, of course, like a lot of the speeches he's had, he rattles off various ways that it's possible the election was stolen with no proof. That was a switch of over 12,000 votes. It was like a miracle. Third, during this hearing, a presenter demonstrated that a Dominion poll could be hacked into in real time because it was connected to the Internet. Now, anything connected to the Internet, that's not good. I don't disagree with that statement. Voting machines shouldn't be connected to the Internet. But do we have any kind of evidence at all that there was something done wrong? Um, It's definitely worth, I think, investigating. And the idea that these voting machines were connected and accessible over the Internet, that's awful. But it's sort of like this list of possible things that could have gone wrong, but nothing that actually is concretely shown as gone wrong. And I think that's been the problem fundamentally, but it doesn't seem to be what the crowd's looking for from him. So he continues to read from the prompter. But this demonstration proved that these machines could allow votes to be siphoned off or added during the voting process because they're connected to the Internet. Cybersecurity experts agree that voting machines should not be connected to the Internet at any time, in any way, shape, or form. Did you see that during the hearing? This guy's sitting there. Well, can you connect into the machines? Yes. How do you do that? Within about 25 seconds, he controlled the Internet. Former Vice President Biden. (laughs) He kind of got that one wrong. (laughs) Um. I'm not saying that it's not possible. I'm saying it's like giving somebody a ticket because their car can do 160 miles per hour, not because they did 160 miles per hour. But says Trump says that he's never going to give up. And he off, he'll often use the term we because he's invoking the crowd, I suppose, but he really means him. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. You don't concede when there's theft involved. They like that. And then he ends it like we're going to fight like hell, he says. This is the wrap-up to the fairly long speech. We fight like hell. And if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. Our exciting adventures and boldest endeavors have not yet begun. My fellow Americans, for our movement, for our children, and for our beloved country. And I say this, despite all that's happened, the best is yet to come. So we're going to, we're going to walk down Pennsylvania Avenue. I love Pennsylvania Avenue. And we're going to the Capitol and we're going to try and give, the Democrats are hopeless. They're never voting for anything. Not even one vote. But we're going to try and give our Republicans The weak ones, because the strong ones don't need any of our help. We're going to try and give them the kind of pride and boldness that they need to take back our country. So let's walk down Pennsylvania Avenue. I want to thank you all. God bless you and God bless America. Thank you all for being here. This is incredible. Thank you very much. I do whine because I want to win. Now, he said all he said it multiple times. I think I, I think it's been in this show three times. He says, let's walk down Pennsylvania Avenue and I'll walk with you. That's that was shit. He never did that. He got in his armored limo and his motorcade escorted him back to the White House where he proceeded to watch the riots from the White House, even though multiple times in the speech, 
I'll be with you. Of course that the Secret Service would never let that happen. That was just it was just a lie. And it's clear why, because the people at the front of the group, the people at the front of the march were the most passionate. They were the people that were maybe the most militant. Yeah, the media will say it was mostly proud boys and they would lead the charge. And that makes sense. If you think about the people that are going to make a ruckus, it's going to be the people at the very front of the line. Then it didn't take long until the crowd knocked over some of the barriers. And in some cases, the cops just moved the gates out of the way. You can find video of that online. They have pushed past the barriers. Push past the barriers. They're now going up the steps to the Capitol. Uh, it's absolute pandemonium. It's as far back as the eye can see. Cops are coming out very quickly. Security is coming out to put up more barriers. It is definitely not going to stop. What a wild, what a wild moment in history. And you'll be shocked to know this, but not everyone in the group was a racist. Not everyone in the group was a militant. Some people were just there to witness history. Maybe they felt like there was voting irregularities. Maybe they felt like they needed to support Donald Trump. But there was a lot of reasons why people were there. It is very chaotic. It's monumental, though. This is history. This is not setting a good example. (laughs) I don't want it to escalate. No, not at all. I believe that was Chris McDermott from Pennsylvania. Well, there were others, somebody that just went by the name of Joe, who who did want want violence. The people in this house who stole this election from us, hanging from a gallow out here in this lawn for the whole world to see. So it never happens again. That's what needs to happen. Four by four by four hanging from a rope out here for treason. I hear a lot of a lot of anger. I hear a lot of anger. And I think if if society doesn't ask themselves why people did this, why people wanted to witness this, why people were so angry, then we're never going to properly address it. And it took very little effort. With surprising little effort, the riffraff managed to get into the very seat of power for the democracy of the world. <laughs> he seems like he's having a good time, and they did. They they made their way in. Unfortunately, uh, even though in some sections there was very little violence, there was some people that were just casually walking in, there was a loss of life, sadly. Um, a female vet was shot in the neck when cops were blindly just firing into a room, and uh, she died, and that's very sad. She didn't seem to be – there's video of it, as you've probably perhaps even seen by now. She didn't really seem to be causing any trouble. She just seemed to be somebody that was there to witness history and and walk the hallways that the people paid for. But whatever was going on, there was there was the more aggressive militant angle. I have links in the show notes 
to guys that were walking around in pretty heavy gear with zip tie handcuffs ready to go. And there were several of them. And there were also explosive devices found. The devices, this is senior law, uh, federal law enforcement source to Fox News, sir, is saying that the devices that were found near the RNC and the DNC headquarters were actual explosive devices. They were found near headquarters on Wednesday. They were actual explosive devices. We are being told uh, we're getting briefs uh, on these investigations. First reported that multiple IEDs resembling pipe bombs were found near the Capitol grounds on on Wednesday. Can you add to this or respond to what we are? learning here i'll save you the time he doesn't and he can't but actual as she says explosive devices were found at the rnc and dnc headquarters and you as you will see if you look at the links in the show notes you had all types you had old ladies who were who were wearing face masks you you had uh you had black lives matter supporters there uh, all of this is in the show notes uh, i found the getty image collection for all of this that like the ap and other sources pull from and there's hundreds and hundreds of photos in there plus there's tons of video out there and some people were there to perhaps what they thought would be have their own little mini insurrection um <laughs> i don't know how i don't know what they thought was going to happen but you can see it there and the reaction to this, as so frequently now, has become 10,000 times more louder than the actual event itself. The actual event itself, and if you watch episode or listen to 342, uh, there is still video up on Twitch if you're, if, you're, um, if you're listening to this around release time. So you could watch that. Uh, you'll see that the vast, 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 vast majority of people were just kind of walking around kind of just there to say, hey, we want to be heard for once in our lives. We want to be heard for once. We want you to recognize us. And, you know, they pretty much all cleared out around curfew. They pretty much all just went home when they were told curfew at 6 p.m. And I watched it happen. I'm not trying to defend what happened because what happened is was intentional. Donald Trump knew what he was doing, and I think the loss has affected his judgment more so than it already was poor. And it fits right in with what I've talked about with him. If Trump was going to lose, wouldn't you kind of expect it to go down like this? I mean, just think about it for a moment. Just because if you're on the fence, let's say, if you don't really know what's going on and you think, oh, maybe it was stolen from him, let's have a thought exercise together. Let's say Trump lost the election legitimately for the sake of argument. Trump lost the argument or he lost this legitimately. There was after four, really five years of relentless attacks on Donald Trump. It made uh, the, the media finally got the message and people turned out in droves like no other to vote for anybody but Trump, just like they turned out in droves to vote for anybody but Hillary last time. Let's just go with that as. A working theory. I'm, I don't, I'm not trying to change your mind, but I'm just asking you to accept it temporarily. If Trump was going to lose, isn't this playing out exactly like you would expect? He's unable to accept defeat. It is literally not in his mind's wiring. He encouraged his own supporters to go out and protest, and then... When they got in trouble and it started to become too much heat for him, he threw them all under the bus. He screwed them all. 
just like he's thrown everybody who's worked for him now, even Pence has been thrown under the bus. The one guy, the only people left are family and Giuliani, and they are poorly advising him, as you can as you can clearly tell. That's all that's left now. Trump makes the bad decisions. He makes an in-the-moment decision, a reactionary decision, a gut decision, no real political strategy behind it other than just doing what's best for Donald Trump in that moment. And that led to the rally, and then that led to him throwing all of those supporters under the bus. And what are they supposed to do, right, those supporters? And they get so vilified in all of this. Oh, they're racist, etc., etc. But what are they supposed to do? They were promised something. They weren't really voting for the man Donald Trump, the grab him by the pussy guy. They were voting for the things he was talking about. He was talking about issues nobody else was even touching on. Outsourcing jobs to foreign countries, immigration issues that were driving down wages, things that were resonating with middle class people who are struggling to make it day by day, paycheck by paycheck. Those things resonated with people. And Donald Trump is a narcissistic asshole who was able to hone in on that. He followed through in sort of artificial kind of fake ways like the wall and things that he said, oh, I would promise. But he didn't really he didn't really follow through in any way that that fundamentally changed it for the population. He was the populist pick. But it was a lie when he said he was with you. He was a rich, rich man who's always lived a life of privilege and considers himself a god among people. And he he used that original lie from day one that I'm with you to get those people down there and to cause what will be remembered as one of the darkest moments in the history of our nation. Now, if the election was stolen from him, he still showed horrible judgment, unpresidential-like judgment, by having that rally in downtown D.C. while Congress was in session certifying the election. That was calculated. It was planned, and it was hyped well ahead of time. I acknowledge all of that. But as I record right now, the guy's got like six business days left in office. I, I think a lot of us have some questions, uh, a lot of questions, not just for Donald Trump. I've got no questions for Donald Trump. He's an insurrectionist. There are no questions. He should be arrested today. He should be sent to jail today for insurrection against the United States of America. But I just I do wonder this morning why they weren't better prepared for this. Why? Yesterday we saw some of these same Capitol Hill police officers. By the way, I never complained when they were tough. I want them to be tough. I want them. The rea- I'll stop them there. The reaction um, is is at a whole new level. I want them to protect the people's house. Mm. They're a little people are a little riled up, uh, and of course, we've gone immediately to well, we have to get him out of office. The quickest and most effective way, Chuck Schumer, to remove this president from office would be for the vice president. To immediately invoke the 25th Amendment. The Vice President can invoke the 25th Amendment today, and if the Cabinet votes, he's gone. They should do it now. So there's been a lot of talk about getting him out of office because this man, he was the, he ignited an insurrection. 
he brought terrorists into the Capitol. They're not protesters, they're insurrectionists, yeah. or, I mean, we have a name for people who commit violence uh, in the name of various political ideology. We call them terrorists. That's what we call people who commit acts of violence for a political or religious cause. In any case, uh, Dana, what I wanted to finish saying was Rudy Giuliani this morning at that rally called for trial by combat. Donald Trump Jr. said to members of Congress who were not going to join this deranged attempt at, at a bloodless coup. Well, now it's not bloodless anymore. No. Uh, said, quote, we're coming for you and we're going to have a good time doing it. I suggest you choose wisely. Now, I'm sure that Rudy Giuliani and Donald Trump Jr. will say, that they were merely speaking figuratively or they were talking about engaging in political combat. Maybe they were, maybe they were not. I, I think it's pretty clear that a lot of people uh, took a different message from the, the rally in general. This is really an opportunity for the mainstream media to really just unload. They have four years of hating the people who have supported Donald Trump. And you can hear total total disdain in the voice of Anderson Cooper. Oh my gosh, it's Anderson Cooper, everybody! Look at them. They're high-fiving each other for this deplorable display of, of, of completely unpatriotic, completely against law and order, completely unconstitutional behavior. It's stunning, and they're going to go back, you know, to the Olive Garden and to their the Holiday Inn that they're staying at and the Garden Marriott. And you hear how he's making fun of them? for eating at middle-class restaurants and staying at middle-class hotels. You should look Anderson Cooper up on Wikipedia to just see how wealthy his family is. It's a special kind of privilege that Anderson Cooper has lived. And listen to him mocking middle-class America. Go back, you know, to the Olive Garden and to their the Holiday Inn that they're staying at and the Garden Marriott and... They're going to have some drinks and they're going to talk about the great day that they had in Washington and they really did something and stand up for something. And they stood up for nothing other than mayhem. These protesters, they're terrorists. They're a mob. They're insurrectionists. They are so bad that CNN and uh, the governor's brother think that you should watch them bleed out on the street so you can understand how bad they are. Yeah. Uh, that, but there was a lot of whataboutism today that didn't necessarily have to happen. Stand on what is happening right now. Don't go back to what happened this summer. Again, I think it's apples and oranges. Don't talk about the Black Lives Matter. Don't talk about the protests. We can all deal with that. Let's what a great little way to just brush that aside. Let's talk about what happened today. This is supposed to be the greatest democracy in the world. And in that greatest democracy in the world today, insurrectionists, Domestic terror terrorists took over the nation's capital and caused took over the nation's capital. They took over. They they took over the. They mean really here, really terror terrorists took over the nation's capital and caused someone to die. Four people lost their lives. Four today. people lost their lives, but one of them was shot. Three of them were for medical emergencies. Now, one the media has really gone out of their way to just not even bother mentioning it was a cop that pulled that trigger. They just somebody died as a as a result of their actions. Of course, the the cop had to shoot blindly into the room. Lost their lives. Four today. people lost their lives, but one of them was shot. Three of them were for medical emergencies. Now, one of them was shot. Before we went to the floor, I want you to see the moment. Look, this is what you're going to hear. You're going to hear people defend today by saying, "Hey, we we weren't the bad guys." We were victimized. A woman died today. And that is true. A woman lost her life today. 
because of what was done. And here, but, but a Trump supporter, right, Chris? She's a she's a she's a dirty Trump supporter today, and that is true. A woman lost her life today because of what was done. And here's some of the video of it. So protesters are at the doors with glass, and just as they're beginning to break through. All right, so you saw what we did there, right? We froze the video to save you the aftermath. I have to be honest with you. Uh, this is a discretion call editorially that we make to kind of insulate you from the reality of violence. Now he's going to get pan. He's going, he's going to talk to you like you're a child. He, he's going to listen to the way they're going to, he's going to speak to you. A, a, a grown adult who works their fucking ass off, who manages their entire life, who, who doesn't, I mean, I'm just picturing the, the, the type of people that could be listening to CNN, right? People that are, that are just so, so worse off than the Com- the Kuman family. And Chris Cuomo here is sitting here on top of a bag of money. And the way he's about to talk down to us is it really, when all of this was going down, it really showed these, these different news organizations at their absolute worst, at their absolute viciousness. This is a discretion call editorially that we make to kind of insulate you from the reality of violence. I've always thought it was a mistake. I think I, we should show it. I think it's a mistake at war. I remember covering the Iraq war and being over there and you guys lost interest uh, and you didn't want to see dead bodies anymore. And I think that when you get numb to it, you start to forget the significance. So the way that they covered the Iraq war wasn't their fault. It was your fault. (laughs) It's your fault. Now, okay, all right. So they tried to just dismiss it there. But I have to imagine if you're listening by this point, you must be thinking, what the hell? This doesn't sound anything like the way they covered the Black Lives and Antifa protests for the last nine months. I mean, I don't know if they forgot, but I come from a place where they set up an autonomous zone. There, we and and the coverage around that was was breathless, but not in not in the terms and and um what like uh names like the the, the, the like ter- terrorism and oh, not in that not in that way. No, it was it was a very different kind of breathless coverage. Uh, and there was never any calls to show a Trump supporter bleeding on air like that, you know, or BLM activists, I should say, bleeding out on air. There was never anything like that. It was totally, totally different, a total different tonal change. And with the Black Lives Matters protests and and the Antifa group and all of that, they burned down businesses. They destroyed generations of businesses wiped out jobs during a pandemic and they could they the media fall all over themselves to condone that that behavior now too many see the protests as the problem this is chris cuomo again the guy we were just listening to back during the summer here now too many see the protests as the problem No, the problem is what forced your fellow citizens to take to the streets, persistent and poisonous inequities and injustice. And please 
Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Okay. You know, I, I don't actually feel like that makes my point sufficiently. I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a, mostly a protest. This is MSNBC, a famous shot where the anchor is standing in front of a burning building after the George Floyd riots really broke out. Um, after George Floyd was murdered and we just went crazy, the media went to the streets and, well, shit, shit was getting burned down. Uh, it is not uh, it is not generally speaking unruly. That ain't a riot. What we're seeing right now in Minneapolis, they are strictly principled anti-fascists and they've taken a principled stand to stand against white supremacists and white nationalists wherever they may show up. I argue to you tonight, all punches are not equal morally. It says it right in the name, Antifa, anti-fascism, which is what they were there um, fighting. Listen, there's you know, no organization is perfect. There was some violence. Any reasonable person would say we shouldn't be destroying other people's property. But these are not reasonable times. But thank goodness for the looters, man. And please show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. I don't care that much about statues. Shouldn't that be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night throwing it into the harbor? People will do what they do. You're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations that have been burning in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Do not get it twisted and think that, oh, this is some something that has not never happened before. And then this is so terrible. And where are we and these savages and all of that? This is how this country was started. People get mad and people get sick of it. People are risking covid to explain to this country that we're fed up. Most of the major movements in American history have started at the grassroots level and at some point have turned into direct conflict with American government. It's really remarkable. It's it's really, really incredible. And they just they do it with with a straight face. And the craziest thing about the news these days and, and maybe what Trump has kind of that that variable that Trump is, is more than ever, within a matter of weeks, I have clips for you where the media is saying exactly the opposite thing they just said three weeks ago. Doesn't it seem like that's happening more than ever? Like they're just flipping on a dime because they're just trying to figure out how to deal with Trump and Trump supporters, and they're just twisting themselves into all kinds of contortions, and then they have to kind of take the other side when the script gets flipped on them. And there's something else that's a touchy issue that uh, that has also been bothering me about this. The double standard? Tonight, why the former first lady is posing the question, what if these rioters look different? As President-elect Biden points out, Black Lives Matter protesters were met with extreme force this summer. Mr. Biden also called out what he and many Americans thought in the wake of Wednesday's violence, that there's a double standard in the law enforcement response. During the siege, he said his own granddaughter texted him a photo from last summer of a large deployment of armed military personnel guarding the Lincoln Memorial during racial justice protests. So a couple of things about this that have really been driving me crazy because this just comes up over and over again. And I'm not saying this is the entire explanation because I think this is a really complicated issue and I'm not just saying that. But what do you think is going to happen after nine months of telling the cops not to attack protesters? Specifically now, I'm talking about in D.C., Specifically, I'm talking about the D.C. mayor who 
has really not been the best ally of the police department. I don't think it was cops that thought, let's have less staff and let's not be prepared. I don't think it was the cops that would want to do that. Now, when it comes to the military and the National Guard, that's got to be on Trump. And if Trump's not the one calling them in, then, yeah, that's another reason why they weren't there right away. I think you can't measure these two things together. They're not apples to apples. The BLM protests and riots, first of all, were doing a lot of damage, a lot of fire. Some of these were also registered protests. So they were registered with the city, They, you know, an estimated amount of people, what time that would be happening, what area of the city they were allowed to protest in. This is super, super common. And it's common across the entire United States because there's just all cities have regulations and laws that if you don't do that, they, they can go after you. So a lot of these BLM protests were set up and registered ahead of time. And there was organizations that were working with the protesters to do that on their behalf. But the thing about that is it also tells the cops when and where you're going to be and how many. So the cops knew where the rally was going to be at. And they, the crowds have been building for 24 hours before the rally even started. Now, you could argue the Capitol should have more security. I, I mean, I'm never really a fan of saying, hey, let's ramp up the security state. It never, I mean, obviously the risk just, I mean, even in this case, like the risk was no, no Congress critter was hurt. The risk was low really to them in the end. They wouldn't had some fun. So, yeah, okay, everybody's you know, getting fired or resigning. It's, it's at that top layer of protecting the Capitol, fine. But at the end of the day, uh, this is all we're going to have now is an overreaction of security, and it's just going to be horrible there now. And it's going to you go you go to the nation's capital, the free nation's capital, and you go there, and it's going to feel like it's a police state now. So yay! I, I, so I look at this and I think to myself, this isn't an apples to apples comparison because we now have nine months of dealing with protests of different types and sizes, and the defunding of the D.C. police department that's happened since then, and I think. I, I think that we're going to find out or, we, well, I shouldn't say that, but I would, I would bet it's very likely that there was also too many cooks in the kitchen. Because when I was live, I remember at one point finding out we had the D.C. police involved. We had Secret Service involved. We had um, the FBI involved. The Justice Department was involved. And God knows who else, probably the CIA or something like that too, right? I mean, let's be honest. There's probably some intelligence agency, and they're all in the kitchen at the same time. That had to also contribute to a confused response. The siege went on for hours, and you could see the police flashbangs deployed at the Capitol to push them all back. They converged on the Capitol, scaling the scaffolding, surging ahead amid clouds of tear gas, taunting, screaming. Swearing. The dirty, the dirty riffraff got into there, bringing their COVID with them. And um, what are they going to do? Like start having a shootout and bombing in, in the building? Like these, this is this is historic property. Um, it's it's not. You can't make the same comparison. But boy, is it being made right now. Now the reaction to all of this, I so far don't know. I I, I think it was by my my. My big observation of the evening was after the after the um, restarted the certification process was Trump lost nearly all his support, all but basically one. Anybody who was a Trump supporter, any senator, anybody in in that area that night, they just said we're done because they all kind of, I think, know what happened. They put two and two together and they realized what a sitting president just did. 
And um, I mean, even some of his biggest supporters who were up on stage with him only days ago saying that they were going to contest bailed on him. Those that didn't cited a phony facial recognition company that uh, result that said that uh, Antifa faces had been ID'd in the Capitol, which turned out to be completely bogus. Links about that in the show notes. And then there was the kind of political class messages that started being sent to Trump, the resignations. Some breaking news, and I want to get your take on it. This is the first cabinet member level resignation from the Trump administration since the chaos yesterday. Uh, Secretary of Transportation, Elaine Chao, is set to resign. She says, she tweeted this out, I believe, it has been the honor of a lifetime to serve the U.S. Department of Transportation, and she sent a statement as well, um, just simply saying more on uh, her honor, obviously, but as I kind of get it here, yesterday our country experienced a traumatic and entirely avoidable event as the supporters of the president stormed the U.S. Capitol building following a rally he addressed. As I'm sure is the case with many of you, it was deeply troubled me in a way that I simply cannot set aside. Uh, Carl Rove, your response to a cabinet-level member of the Trump administration resigning. Now, the thing that's, uh, well, I'll let him tell you the thing that's interesting about her resignation. Well, pretty significant rebuff to the president. She is the wife of of Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell. Bingo. Yeah, that's Mitch's wife. And that can't be a coincidence. That's a little bit of a message. You've lost us. You've lost the top Republicans. You've you've lost the party. Um, And of course, the people who broke into the Capitol, they're getting arrested. I think there's been, as I record right now, 13 lucky arrests. The rioter who was pictured with his feet up in House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's uh, office has officially been arrested. The man is Richard Barnett. He was arrested on charges of entering and remaining on restricted grounds, violent entry and theft of public property. I just hope he farted in her seat. The uh, also the laptop, I guess, from her office is uh, a <laughs> was stolen. So keep your eye out for that. Maybe uh, <laughs> maybe going for sale. Uh, and then there was the the suppression of Trump that happened after this. So Trump had a video recording that I played in 342 where he did tell everybody to go home peacefully, but he also said, I love you and you're special. (laughs) And so Facebook indefinitely banned Trump for that video. And I just want to end with this news as a lot of news continues to pour in this morning, James. Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg just has put out a statement as well, now saying that the president, after being banned on Twitter, is now banned indefinitely on Facebook as well. Uh, he put out a statement saying that he believes the risks of allowing the president to continue using our service during his time are simply too great. Um, there is obviously more in that. It's Facebook and Instagram that will be banning him and uh, others caught uh, caught the wave too. Uh, I think his uh, like one of his online um, payment processing accounts was shut down for his tr- his Trump merchandise. Um, of course, Twitter suspended him. And once you suspend the president's speech, you can really suspend anyone's speech in the world. So now, additional members and Trump supporters are getting their accounts suspended for really loose reasons. Hey, Sarah, that's right. Twitter uh, today removed the accounts of Michael Flynn 
Sidney Powell and other uh, supporters of President Trump, uh, who also had promoted the QAnon conspiracy theory. Uh, Twitter saying that they have suspended those accounts uh, in line with their policy on coordinated harmful activities, saying that they uh, you know, will take strong enforcement action on behavior that has the potential to lead to uh, offline harm. And given the renewed potential for violence surrounding this type of behavior in the coming days, they said that they will permanently suspend accounts that are solely dedicated to sharing QAnon content. That is according to a Twitter spokesperson in a statement to NBC News. So QAnon and conspiracy series, conspiracy series, wow, theories, Uh, have really taken a beating in all of this. You see, because it was conspiracy theories that got everybody all riled up. Trump's the lead conspiracy theorist. And there was QAnon. And it's really because of these conspiracy theories that things have taken root. And watch them pivot this to things like the vaccine and all of that. So because Michael Flynn, (laughs) former, was it, three-star general? Uh, I'm sorry if I'm getting that wrong. Um... (laughs) Suspended. The president of the United States suspended. I'm really glad I like I don't try to put clips of this show on Twitter. Uh, I haven't gone to YouTube because it's and I'm I'm actually thinking about if I do video, I might do peer tube for this show, uh, which, you know, doesn't have any network effect. But. What a time we're living in a techocracy now. They're really the ones in control. You got to wonder what comes next? I mean, Trump has tried to cool down all of this talk about 25th Amendment or in all of this talk about him being an insurrection leader. And he's released a video promising an orderly transition. In a video shot by the White House and released on Twitter last night, President Trump finally condemned the attack on the U.S. Capitol. I'll add a very heavily edited video. If you happen to watch this, there's several times where they tried to do a morph blend transition and it makes it look like a deep fake because his body and his head don't necessarily line up in some points, because he must have just been having a hard time getting through this. The president said he was outraged by the violence caused by a crowd of his own supporters as Congress counted the Electoral College votes. He also finally acknowledged that a new administration will be inaugurated on the 20th, but he stopped short of actually conceding or even mentioning President-elect Joe Biden by name. And Tracy is more. Demonstrators who infiltrated the Capitol have defiled the seat of American democracy. In a video produced by the White House, President Trump last night finally condemned the violence carried out in his name. You do not represent our country. But this is what the president said the day before. We love you. You're very special. And what he said at his rally before the assault on the Capitol may be investigated by U.S. attorneys for leading to the violence. We're going to walk down to the Capitol and we're going to cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women. Man, he was not thinking clearly. Can you believe he had that kind of judgment? I mean, they, I mean, they've got audio of him and I mean, I've got audio of it. So this really could lead to a second impeachment process. Unbelievably. And I think you'll have people on both sides arguing the precedent. Some will say, well, the precedent must be set that the president cannot behave like this. And we must send a message to future presidents. And the other side will say this will this will turn the presidency into a political fight. It'll set a precedence for every party to go after each other every time they're in office. Um, And they're probably both right. 
we may be in another Kobayashi Maru. Kelly, the question now is how much longer the president's uh, term will last and if President Trump's term will go all the way until January 20th. House Democrats are on a call that's ongoing right now discussing next steps for a possible uh, second impeachment of the president with that process potentially beginning as soon as Monday, according to NBC News. Speaker Nancy Pelosi is telling colleagues that she is expected to speak with President-elect Joe Biden later today to discuss the option which House Democratic leadership had said in recent days was sort of a backup option if Vice President Pence did not remove Trump uh, from office himself through the 25th Amendment. Some Republicans who voted against Trump's last impeachment, like Nebraska Senator Ben Sass, have suggested they could support it this time. But others like West Virginia moderate Joe Manchin, a Democrat, have raised doubts it would succeed this time. Now, three sources familiar with the matter tell me that Secretaries Mnuchin and Pompeo are among the cabinet secretaries uh, who separately explored the possibility of the 20th Fifth Amendment in recent days, but it was seen as too lengthy and uncertain a process to succeed. And so the conclusion was to let the clock run out on Trump's presidency and hope that family members could convince him of a detente. In the meantime, Speaker Pelosi issued a statement saying today she spoke with the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff about the remaining days of Trump's presidency and said that she wanted to prevent Trump from, in her words, initiating military hostilities or accessing the launch codes for a potential nuclear strike. Today, the Joint Chiefs told her that uh, they have precautions in place and safeguards to prevent that from happening, which kind of makes it sound like they don't actually take the order of the president. They decide, <laughs> which <laughs> maybe that's good. Um, and then, of course, there is all of that talk about impeachment and Pompeo has been really quiet. But Monday is the day to watch to see where this goes. And you heard in that clip that Nancy was going to have a call with Joe later in the day. Well, this uh, in this. Sorry, hitting my microphone because I'm sitting here. <laughs> I'm talking to you with my hands as if uh, as if you can see it. But picture me gestating wildly with my hands. Uh, but this, as I record right now, hasn't all this hasn't happened. Nancy has uh, has a call to make with Joe. She hasn't really given him the pitch yet. So I thought, let's get Joe's opinion on it, on removing Trump from office right now and see if this shifts after his phone call with Nancy. But if a Democratic member of Congress were to call and ask for your advice about whether they should proceed with this, what would you tell them? I'd tell them that's a decision for the Congress to make. I'm focused on my job. Yep. We'll see if that if that tone changes. Um, now, I talk a lot about how uh, Trump kind of blows it from a strategy standpoint, and I want to give you kind of an example now of that. The, Trump, has, Trump has handed Joe Biden... A, a golden a golden opportunity. I mean, not only can some of this just craziness that's happening during the transition, not only can some of this be used as an excuse for things not going smoothly, but now Joe Biden is going to get a pass like no president ever has. And billionaire businessman Rick Carew, I think his name is, puts it puts it kind of like as an opportunity. But I think. And just watching President-elect Biden on your show, I think he's got an opportunity now to heal this nation in a way that no other president has been given an opportunity to heal. And I think he can. And I hope the leadership around him follows the same tone of unity. We got so many important things to do. The map's all laid out here now. They, if they all just, all those who surround them with Joe, they, they surround themselves in the aura of Joe. If they all just talk the talk, if they just say the right things, 
they're going to get hailed as saviors of the democracy. That's all they have to do now. They have to show up and they have to stick to the script. And if they do just those things, no matter what else they do, if they start a new war in the Middle East, if another plague breaks out that they don't uh, handle any better than Trump did, none of it will matter. Well, it'll matter. But none of it will detract from them saving the democracy. That's what Don, because Joe Biden's coming in after one of the darkest days in the history of our democracy. A standing U.S. president incited violence at the Capitol. That's the bar now. That's what Donald Trump just did to the guy that he's going to be immediately compared to for the rest of his life. Donald Trump is going to have to live with this comparison for the rest of his life. And he's going to get beat by a guy with dementia. There, there really was, it was very poor strategy. Another reason why it's poor strategy. Trump's post-media plan is going to be a lot less successful if they label him as the worst president ever because he incited this violence. I mean, think about the narrative that can be built around this, especially if they can get him out of office before um, before the before the twentieth. I mean, imagine if they could get him out of office. I was thinking I was going to say that before the next six days. They really have six business days to get him out. I mean, it seems impossible, but I he has recovered from a lot. He, he, they call him Teflon Don for a reason. And I just, I can't imagine. I can't imagine, but we'll see. This seems like the establishment's opportunity to bury him. Especially if they can get, some, get him in some legal trouble once he steps out of the office. Now that his golf trip is canceled. Because if they don't, it's going to be a legacy of it, that he'll be back. You know, he'll be back. He'll be in the media. He'll be a thorn in their side. And the media will choose to focus on him more than they focus on anything else. They have done one and only one thing for the last five years. And that's attacked Donald Trump. I am greeted with a hostile press, the likes of which no president has ever seen. They come at you with the most horrible, horrendous, biased questions and you see it, 94 and 95 percent of the press is hostile. They treat me so unfairly, it's hard to believe that I won. Now, he's such a whiner, but there is something to this. Because the media has never acknowledged what, the, what, that demog- what his demographic believes. They've never acknowledged. It's always been the unproven election fraud. There's no, his, his claims with no basis. There has always been a very specific bent to their reporting around this. That causes people to lose trust in them. That ca- it, people have lost faith in the media, and when they pretend like something doesn't exist or they 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 talk past an issue, they cause people to doubt them. But then also, they they have to account for their behavior. They have to account for the hostility that they've had and. Donald Trump can be an awful person and they can still have played a role in the state of the public affair, in the state of the public trust. We're now looking at the worst president in American history. The worst president in American history. The worst president in modern history. This era we're in with Donald Trump, it's like the gates of hell have been opened. We thought Emperor Nero was wrong to fiddle as Rome burned. This guy's worse. He's been an abomination. What a poor excuse for a president. This moral monster. What a poor excuse for a man. What a pathetic, sniveling little man our president is. What a poor excuse for a human being. He's unfit to be human. I believe this man is capable of of horrific, horrific deeds. This vile, immoral 
corrupt, indecent, dangerous, intellectually unfit president is a danger to all of us. It's not really in serious dispute anymore that President Trump is not up to this job. The president has been inept from the start. This president uh, has, has basically uh, failed the American public. How badly uh, is he failing right now? Do you think to date in the last six months he has damaged the credibility of the office of the presidency? Homicidal negligence of the president of the United States. There is death after death after death that is on the president's watch. He has blood on his hands. Our president has blood on his hands. Blood on his hands. Rivers of blood on his hands. More people are dead and dying in America tonight because Donald Trump is president. All right, so today the question being asked, is President Trump a racist? Is President Trump a racist? We have a racist president. We have a racist as a president. We have a, a man-child who is deranged and racist in this office. You don't have a president, as you said, talking about exterminating right. Latinos. It almost feels like a little ethnic cleansing is going on in the United States right now. People say, well, I'm not sure President Trump is racist. Well, racist is as racist does. No, he is a racist. He is a racist. Can we just say it once and for all? Anyone who is in that White House and who is supporting him is complicit in their racism as well. To people who look like me, it's about imminent danger. When I see the Make America Great Again hat now, Chris, I am triggered. I'm so triggered. Uh, I understand. When I hear your voice, I'm triggered. Now, listen. We have to work our way through this. There's no way but through. We're not going to be able to break off and go to our own individual islands. So how we put this back together, where we go from here, what solution that we can't yet see actually ends up pulling us out of this rut, that's what this show will be watching. And I could really use your support at patreon.com slash unfilter. Patreon.com slash unfilter. And of course, join our Discord. That's another way you can help out and participate. Unfilter.show slash Discord. The contact forms on the website as well. And last but not least, if you know somebody who might enjoy this show, spread the word. That's the only real form of podcast marketing that works is word of mouth. So if somebody out there seems like they might benefit from the Unfilter show, share it with them. That does a lot for the show, and I really appreciate it. Okay, everybody. Well, I'm back from the break. What a crazy, crazy week it's been. And you never know. Things may get crazier. Inauguration's not that far away. Don't forget, we do have that live stream when things go nuts. Thanks for joining me, and I'll see you next week. Oh, 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 oh,